Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today my co-host is Robert. How's it going? Ah, it's going good. How's it going over there? Going good, going good. Thanks for uh, accommodating with me this weekend. Um, there's been to, there's some busy stuff going on and I said to Robert yesterday, hey I'm not quite sure if I'll be able to record on Sunday. So we uh, rearranged things for, for Saturday, which is cool. Uh, rather have an early show than a, than a late one, so <laughs> there we go. Um, anyway, in between just under the last week, uh, what you been playing? Uh, mostly I've been playing Graveyard Keeper. Uh, like I mentioned in the last podcast, I got the zombie mechanic unlocked, which automated a good chunk of my resource gathering, which is so helpful, especially in that game, because you need a lot of it to progress the storyline and just taking that off of my plate and automating it such health. I mean, it doesn't automate it a hundred percent. There's still stuff uh, you have to do, but it takes about 90% of the grinding out of the game. And that's, it's rare that a game will do. And this was an update, by the way, this was a DLC update, adding these zombies in. This wasn't part of the core game. Mm. So the fact that they added that in means that enough people in the community made this known that this this is a problem and added it in so that um i'm pretty close to the end i think um basically the plot is is that you die um you're in some sort of weird afterlife but it's not actually like an afterlife afterlife because there's still zombies and ghosts that can happen um and you're trying to get back to the person that you left behind and to do that you have to collect six items to build a portal to get out of where you're at and i've got four of the six items so i know i'm close to the end i don't know how much actual time time i have left because a lot of it is day and night cycles and you can only talk to certain people on certain days um so a lot of it's kind of the waiting game on that um but i know i am close to finishing the game and we'll just have to see you on that cool cool uh anything else uh honestly i haven't had a whole lot of time uh, to play because of work taking a good chunk of my life right now um mm-hmm. so that's about all i've been able to do so okay okay uh so i played that mario strikers whatever it's called football game um it's fine nothing wrong with it i played a couple of matches and i was just like nah i'm okay you know sort of thing um nothing particularly bad about the game i just thought I don't really want to sort of play this. And hey, the good thing about having Boomerang is I can just put it back in the post and wait for my next game. So nothing like mechanically sort of wrong. Obviously, there was probably things I needed to learn. But just, yeah, just a sort of, nah, not for me kind of thing. It's fine. Um, In terms of football games, I've still got FIFA and that, which obviously I'm still playing. So that's pretty much that. Um, I, like I said, finished Stray last week. I haven't played a whole lot of stuff this week. I want to give a shout out to... um. PlayStation Access. They are an official branded PlayStation YouTube channel. Um, although that, that 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 sometimes when you have things like that, like with uh, MUTV and stuff, when you've got licensed um, commentary or channels, sometimes you can tend to get a bit of bias. Um, PlayStation Access don't tend to do that. Uh, they're not sort of like, oh, PlayStation's perfect. PlayStation's the best. Or anything like that. They do point out like flaws in games or things they didn't enjoy quite so much. Uh, been watching uh, Rob's, um, what's it called? Uh, called God of War Replay. 
And because uh, the reason they're doing this is apparently because out of all the PlayStation Access team, Rob is the only one that hasn't that never played the game or never finished it. He started it, but he didn't finish it. Uh, and there's a funny kind of story behind that. And uh, they've got about seven or eight episodes out so far. I've just been kind of binging those and Umbrella Academy, which we'll find out about in a minute. But um, no, it's, it's it's good fun actually as well. And because they've got like I think five or six members on the team. Um, you tend because what how they set it up is you have the gameplay of God of War. It's obviously the 2018 revival. because uh, Rob's trying to get through it before Ragnarok comes out in November. And off camera, they have like a co-host kind of person, one that like moderates the chat, reads things from the chat. Because obviously Rob's focused on the game and the story, and like you know uh, focusing on that. Um, so what the other co-hosts will tend to do is just read out stuff from the chat. Um, if there is things directed at Rob, um, and he's in the middle of like an intense fight or something, he'll just answer it afterwards. So it's it's really it's got a really nice flow to it as well. So I just want to give a shout out to them. And the cool thing is with each kind of episode, I don't know if it's written in the description, but you don't know who the co-host is for each. So they'll sort of pop up and you'll be like, oh, it's that person, or oh, it's that person. So uh, I've got one more episode to catch up on. Uh, Rob's actually he mentioned in I think he mentioned at the beginning of the most recent episode he's going on holiday for two weeks. Uh, so apparently there won't be an episode for a bit. Obviously that's their thing to sort out. But no, I've really quite enjoyed that. It's been quite fun. It's not even about... Because I kind of myself wanted to go back, not play the game myself, and sort of think like... Because God of War is a highly praised game. I mean, I mean, it won Game of the Year in 2018. It beat Red Dead Redemption 2. And I personally think Red Dead Redemption 2 is a better game. Um, there's also, I think, Spider-Man that year, Detroit Become Human. So 2018 was a very, very good year for games. Of course, 2019, the next year, was when COD uh, Modern Warfare came out. But it was a that was a competitive year for, for games. Uh, and it won it. And some people think it's, like, not only PlayStation's best game, but, like, one of the best games ever. Hey, if you think that, that's, you know, entirely up to you. So it was a good kind of opportunity for me to, like, I can kind of sit back and just watch somebody else play it, but kind of observe, like... Okay, you're talking four years ago now. Like, how good actually was this game? And it's interesting watching somebody else who hasn't played it, um, and then watching, hearing the commentary because the entire rest of the Access team has has played it, um, and hearing like, obviously they're not spoiling things or whatever, but hearing them say things about like their experience at that point. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've 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 enjoyed doing that. I'm gonna watch the last one. Well, not the last one, but the most recent one. Gonna finish that one off. Uh, later but that access team is pretty good um i'm not quite all familiar with like everything that they do um content wise but i'm starting to starting to get a bit more used to the channel and stuff because i've i've kind of browsed their content a bit before and watched like quizzes and stuff that they've done there was one really really funny quiz that they did some time ago but no they're a pretty good team uh, have you heard of them before they're a bit more of a uk based kind of thing but have you heard of a uh, playstation access I have not, uh, but then again, my YouTube algorithms point me in a completely different direction. So, yeah, yeah. tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. YouTube's not great, but um, yeah, they're a bit more of a UK-based sort of team and stuff. But no, they're quite good. Uh, for those of you that um, might remember Holly Bennett, who left PlayStation Access, then she went to uh, CD Projekt Red. She was like a social media manager or something at CD Projekt Red. She's left there since. Uh, I don't know where Holly is now. I think Holly actually streams on her own Twitch channel or something. But she used to be part of that team, which was cool. So um, in terms of stuff I've been actually playing, uh, I did get Quarry today. That's uh, in. Uh, it came through the post today. I've not actually had a chance to 
install it yet. I was watching football earlier, um, but I'm going to install that a bit later. I'm going to install that once I put this this show out. Um, so I'm going to be that's going to be my next sort of game is uh, Quarry, which is a game of the year contender. It came out this year. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but we'll see. There's of course another one of them sort of like Until Dawn esque horror choice sort of driven game. So sometimes they can be good, sometimes they can be bad. We'll see how this one uh, ends up. I played been playing some COD in the last couple of days. Um, the game's doing some weird stuff. <laughs> um, I was playing with uh, some people yesterday. And... Because I played it for like a couple of hours spread out over the course of about three days. If that makes sense. And somebody mentioned that I was playing with. Not somebody that I regularly play, regularly play with. But this was just someone, somebody that was on my, my team. And they said, hey, has anybody noticed any like weird graphics stuff lately? And I was like, yes, I did. Because um, a couple of days ago, I played on a map called Broadcast. Which is obviously like a studio, broadca- ooh, studio broadcast type map. And there's been these weird graphical things going on. And one of the examples I can give... I don't know why this has happened. But um, there were these... It's difficult for me to kind of describe this. There were these green patches all over the map. But not like patches of paint on the wall or on the floor. It looked kind of like a helicopter or a big plane had crashed. And there was like debris everywhere. Do you get what I mean? So like bits of bits of what would look like a side of a plane or something were all over the map. Like I could still see the map. I could still play the game and everything. Uh, not not that that's an excuse because that sort of stuff shouldn't be be happening. I don't know why it was. Um, and there, there's this weird stuff going on. It's not actually affected anything gameplay wise. Um, like I'm not sort of seeing through the bottom of the map or anything or anything crazy like that. But it it's a bit strange, and I noticed. Uh, I think I brought this up on a show a couple of weeks ago. They are adding Terminator to this game. Don't tell me, don't, don't ask me why, because I don't know why. It's a bit like the same thing with Gon- Godzilla and King Kong. Uh, Terminator, which is even more of a dead franchise than Godzilla and King Kong. I mean, um, those two characters are getting a sequel, aren't they? With the uh, uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Two, I think. Um, so, no idea why Terminator is being added. There is no Terminator content coming out anytime soon. The last film that we had was 2018, Dark Fate, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pure garbage, but it was that, 2018. That, that, that was the most recent one. So, why they're adding Terminator to this game? That that's for War Warzone stuff, by the way. It's just, it's the same thing that they did with uh, Kong and Godzilla. Um, and I noticed that they didn't, my game had an update, and the graphical stuff happened after that. So for those of you that want to think that, like, Warzone doesn't cause problems, um, it, it does. Um, I, for those of you that might think, like, because I did a poll podcast on this as to, like, how Activision kind of almost completely ruined COD. I have been watching this... I've talked about all these things before, right? Like the Activision studio mismanagement and how Warzone has affected things. For anybody that thinks I'm not correct, I've kind of been watching this happen over the last couple of years. Since Warzone's become a bigger thing. And it's... uh, I just hope it doesn't affect the next game either. Because to me, that's just not a coincidence. The fact that you update... Because the updates in Warzone are tied into the other three games. Which is uh, Vanguard... 
Cold War and Modern Warfare. Because if you install any of those three games, you are forced to have Warzone as like half of the game. So I don't think it's a coincidence that Terminator is coming out. You give the game an update and then the other game gets graphical issues. That's not a coincidence to me. And again, I've been watching these similar things happen for not for the entire time Modern Warfare has been out, but for the last couple of years. Warzone's a big, big not not financially. Warzone's great financially for 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 COD, but uh, yeah, it's causing problems. It's causing big, big problems. I also still don't really understand why anybody enjoys Warzone because it's like the worst thing that's ever. Ha- I, I aside from the obviously the workplace condition things that we talked about, Warzone is the worst thing to ever happen to Call of Duty. I think um, I've not seen I've not seen something. You know, te- technical wise, technically wise, I've not seen anything affect COD like this ever before, and and I know that the working conditions are like you know the problems they've had over at Activision. That's a different element. That could be part of the problem still, but I'm talking about like features and gameplay and like you know game modes and stuff. Warzone's the worst thing that's ever happened to this franchise. Um, it's the worst game mode. That's that's more of my opinion. It's the worst game mode. But in terms of what it's been doing to the franchise for the last two years, it's the worst thing to ever happen to this franchise, which is saying something considering it's been going, what, 15, 20 years by this point. But anyway, I will uh, finish my little rant there. <laughs> so, uh, but that's pretty much it. Um, like I said, going to kick on to Quarry today, finish watching the last stream of that PlayStation Access thing. Hopefully that resumes soon. Uh, I think that will be next week or the week after. We shall see. But anyway, that's what we've been up to. Recently, let's get into other, some other stuff here now. Alright, so of course we are sponsored by Manscaped at the moment. Manscaped off, Manscaped rather offer men's uh, grooming products as part of their men's grooming service. You can go and get various different shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, boxes, sh- t-shirts, uh, deodorants, all sorts of things that are related to men's healthcare or you know men's grooming that type of stuff uh, if you want to have a browse of their products yourself you don't even need to type anything you, do, you don't need to type in manscaped or press your m key you simply scroll down in your show notes whether you're on the podcast player or the website version of the episode uh, scroll down a bit um and then click on the link in your show notes you can have a browser their products yourself have a look at the images the descriptions and what is what over there whether you want to treat yourself somebody else or both who knows what you might want to do with that uh, and of course if you're thinking hey this will cost me money it will still cost you a certain amount of money but we've got a good deal with manscaped at the moment if you once you get to uh choosing your products with manscaped uh, and you get to that checkout point if you put in the promo code etalk uk that's e-t-a-l-k uk you'll get a nice 20 percent off your order and uh free shipping with manscaped and by the way if you're sort of like going to do this later and not now and you forget the promo code or whatever it's also written in your show notes so you don't have to come back to this podcast and hear me breathe say the Promo code is written in the show notes. You can copy and paste it if you want or do whatever you want to do with that. Uh, so promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped. All very, very uh, well-made products. Uh, yeah, very professional products from Manscaped uh, with their not just the packaging but the products and everything. Nothing feels like it's going to break. Nothing's ripped or anything like that. So, um, yeah, great stuff with Manscaped. Over there, again, promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Entertainment Talks podcast. And of course, thank you very much for listening. Now let's get into some housekeeping. 
Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there. If you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. All right, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, did my Season 3 review for the Umbrella Academy. It's a completely spoiler-free review. I gave it a don't-skip rating out of all of our different rating systems that we got. Uh, it was a good season, good fun. Plot and story not quite as great as it could have been and everything, but still a great time and uh, did very well with handling the different things that it handles in the season. So if you have or haven't seen Umbrella Academy Season 3, you can still listen to that entire review. So uh, that's for the Umbrella Academy Season 3. I don't actually know if that's got a Season 4, but um, probably uh, it's probably got one more season in it as well. So that's that. Better Call Soul still continuing. That's up to Season 6, Episode 10. There's just three episodes left of the entire season. We're getting into the uh, getting into the end game, so to speak. But David's back for that episode for this week. Better Call Soul Season 6, Episode 10. And uh, that was a very good one as well. And uh, we'll see what happens with the last three episodes. David also returned this week for Season 4, Episode 5 of Westworld. That's got just six, seven, eight, three episodes left, I think. Uh, so they're both going to end around the same time, actually, those two shows. Uh, so that's Westworld Season 4, Episode 5. Uh, by the way, yes, I mentioned David's back. Geek Town Radio is back this week as well. Everything is uh, normal services resumed in terms of all of that. Uh, Man United, United Cast Preview. 2022-23 to 23 season has kind of... Sort of started already. There's been some pre-season games. Of course, it's pre-season. Difficult to judge uh, based off of all that. But the proper season starts next Sunday against Brighton. We've had some players coming in, players going out, some players that are causing drama. Uh, so I talked all about that. And also talked about out of the current players that we do have, not the ones we're rumoured to get, but out of the ones we do have, <coughs> what will be my starting 11 for the team. So there's all of that. I uh, did my uh, review for Trek to Yomi. I gave that a possible skip. Nothing particularly bad about the game. Just wasn't really my kind of cup of tea. That's where the possible skip rating kind of fits in. But that's Trek to Yomi. That's a spoiler free review. That's for that video game. 
last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about The Last of Us Part 1. Some new information has come out for that. FIFA 23 uh, making some history with having a female or a woman on the uh, cover for the first ever time. So that's really, really great. And including some... Uh, of the women's uh, World Cup and stuff like that, so you can hear more about that. And we did a bit of a Game of the Year discussion as well. Uh, over on the Marvel and DC side of things, they both had their Comic-Con, let's call them presentations, if you will, uh, for SDCC, San Diego Comic-Con 2022. So I talked about both of them on the same podcast and what they did and did not show. Uh did my Don't Skip review for Stray. Uh, some of you may or may not have heard about a cute little cat game that's came out recently. Um, that's available uh, out now at the moment, uh, and that review is spoiler-free and spoiler-split. I gave that a Don't Skip rating, very much enjoyed that game. And that is everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Robert, so last week we talked about FIFA 23, um, some new information on the women's side of the game, what they're adding, and of course the new cover star and everything. Uh, And I mentioned in that, uh, because we talked about licensing and all sorts of things like that, and I mentioned that Pierre Montsalco, I think is how you say the name, um, are not the replacement of Juventus, they are Juventus on the game, that's just what they're called. Juventus are back. Uh, news broke in between last week's podcast and this week's podcast um, that, yeah, Juventus is back. Uh, this comes to us from EA Sports FIFA over on Twitter. And it says, Juve is back in twenty FIFA 23. Um, and it says, the something or other are officially back in the game as part of a new partnership between Juventus and EA Sports. Narrated by Juve legend Marquisio, I think that says. Um, the name there is written in the Twitter tag, but I think that's Marquisio. This film celebrates a new chapter in the club story of a great love, uh, Juve per something or other. Some of this is written in uh, Italian. But basically, yes, uh, Piemont Salco, who have been in the game for three years, I think. I think it's FIFA, 21, FIFA 20, 21, and 22. Um, still have the same players like Morata when he was there, Ronaldo when he was there. Uh, Pogba's recently joined back. Um, I'm not sure who else actually plays for Juventus. I think Matuidi might still be there. Morata is one of them players that just plays for everybody every season. But um, I think he plays for Atletico Madrid now. But anyway, because um, Buffon is not there. I think Chiellini is still there. So uh, their squad's a bit all over the place. But anyway, they used to be called Pierre Montsalco. Um, and now they struck a deal back with Juventus. Juventus official license back in the game. Um, it won't make a massive deal. It will just be sort of you'll get their proper kits and stuff. I don't know if this if the uh, stadium name was the same or if it wasn't. Um, still have the same like players' names and faces and numbers and things like that. So no sort of major difference there. Um, but they're back. Um, it's cool, I suppose. Um, some people are kind of saying like they they almost gotten used to Pierre Montsalco being the name in the game and they'll kind of almost miss it which is which is interesting 
because uh, like I've said before, if you look over on eFootball, Konami's side, or PES as, as it used to be called, they used to have, you know, Manchester Red, Manchester Blue, London Blue, London Red, um, all, all sorts of these, like, different names. Obviously, like Manchester Red would be Manchester United, Manchester Blue would be Manchester City, um, and they'd have, like, these like, alternate names for, like, most of the teams. Um, they still have some of those in PES. Um, I think Leeds are called, like, Leeds RW or something weird like that. Um, the funny thing is with PES, though, as opposed to FIFA, if you play an old PES game that doesn't have Manchester United, you can go into Edit and you can just type in Manchester United. So that does, didn't make a ton of difference. The only thing you... Um, I think you can download, um, I don't know how you do it or what places you'd get it from. You can download, um, like, packs online and stuff, um, where you can, and the game lets you do this. This isn't, this isn't, like, illegal or anything. You can go into edit, basically, and it'll get you to, like, import stuff, or it'll get you, if you want to, like, import stuff. So, um, if you download online, like, different teams kits and things you can do that because other, otherwise it would just be like a fake May United badge with a plain red t-shirt because you can't put any of the uh, sponsors on there um, so that was a weird thing with, is with Pez is you could still go and just rename stuff or put in different badges you can like completely edit all the kits and everything in uh, in Pez you can also make Ronaldo like 15 as well so uh, if you wanted to do that uh, Robert any thoughts on uh, Juventus being back and licensing and all that sort of stuff <clears throat> See, that's what's really weird is that with American sports teams, all the uh, uh, image, likeness, names, that's all part of the collective bargain agreement. So when you um, get drafted and get part of the professional sports league, whichever league it is, baseball, NFL, basketball, whatever, that's already decided. So there's none of that as a thing. Um so when the the Madden game comes out, or the NBA comes out, or the NFL or the MLB game comes out, that's already been decided. That's not even a thing. And part of that is is that the players get money as part of that collective bargaining agreement. So they go in knowing they're getting paid to have their image as part of this game. So it's just a non-thing. So it's super weird that this is actually a thing. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose it's, you know, money, contracts, licenses, seeing how, how all that works out. Um, and I suppose with, in terms of football, British football, uh, or British football games, um, PES or eFootball and FIFA are kind of fighting for those licenses. But then, I think with the most recent couple of PES games and FIFA games, they've both had, like, the Manchester United license, so... Yeah, again, as long as the game is good enough um, and you know who you're playing as and they at least look like the people that they're playing as, um, I think it's I think it's fine. It adds more to the immersion, obviously, when you have, like... Because um, in, in FIFA, they've gone so far as to having, like, certain football chants and things, uh, which is a bit more immersion. So, anyway, good to have Juventus back, um, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, Black Panther, not the upcoming film. Uh, that trailer was brilliant, by the way. They were kind of forever trailer um that came out recently but in terms of video games uh, a black panther game is apparently in development uh there's a tweet here i saved that loads of people were uh, reporting this but this is apparently via jeff grubb uh other people were reporting this as well a black panther single player 
open world uh, game is in development at EA. I didn't see a specific studio reported. Obviously, there's different studios within EA, but they are under the control of EA because EA owns those different studios like BioWare and Respawn and all sorts of different companies. Uh, so no, I didn't see any word as to who is developing this game, just that, that it's at development at EA. Um, might not be true, may or may not be true, but apparently it is. Um, so if we look at the Marvel games, of course we've got the more successful ones with Spider-Man. Uh, Miles Morales game did really well, we're getting a Spider-Man 2, we're getting a Wolverine, we've had a, uh, we're getting a Marvel Midnight Suns, which looks like a bit of a different sort of era. We had the uh, Avengers game, um, which was out there as well. Um, we've also had, obviously you've got like the old licensed games in the past, like Spider-Man 2 and stuff, which did uh, pretty well. Uh, got the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I had my own up and down journey with that game, <laughs> fair to say. But I ended up liking it in the end. Uh, it's a game I did get into by the end. I don't think it is as good as what people said it was, but I still very much enjoyed it. I think the game had some room for improvement, but I enjoyed uh, the large majority of that Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, but Black Panther. Uh, it's interesting because I, now I haven't played this section, but there is a Wakanda Forever story section of the Avengers game. I don't know what the plot is or who... You, uh, obviously, I think you play as Black, Black Panther and everything. Um, they've obviously added Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, and they've added, um, they're going to add She-Hulk soon. They've added Mighty Thor, which is Jane Foster's, uh, Natalie Portman version. Not Natalie Portman's version, sorry, but the, she played her again recently in Thor. Um, so, I wonder, it's going to be interesting, cause this game's probably a few years away, probably fair to say. I haven't actually seen any Black Panther gameplay. I know that that story part, and you, you can obviously select Black Panthers for the multiplayer for for the Avengers game. I don't know how that that character plays. You, you'd imagine probably very agile, very sort of fluid combat. Hopefully, because um, he's not a static type of character. Black Panther is very much very much one that like jumps around and you know is very very agile and everything. So it'll be interesting to see if there are parts of that Black, Black Panther character that work in the Avengers game. Is that going to take any influence? Um, but obviously that is Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics, uh, because Ideos Montreal was Square Enix, um, and EA, but that was for Guardians. So, we shall see what this is like. Single player open world, you'd imagine at least a portion of this game would have to take place in Wakanda. Um, it would be interesting to see as well, given the unfortunate passing of, um, Chadwick Boseman, of course, the MCU, which is a different thing has decided to take its own route of not recasting T'Challa, but to give the Black Panther mantle to somebody else. We'll have to see how that plays out in the film. But that's a different, separate thing. Um, because if you are going to have T'Challa in this game, who was, of course, played by Chadwick Boseman, who did a phenomenal job in that role, sadly taken away from him. Um, if you decide to... If they decide that you are going to play as him, who? what's the likeness going to be like? And who's going to voice that character? Uh, they got the, some decisions to to make there. Now I've I've kind of a separate comment to make, and I didn't know where to because this this isn't like enough. Me, me what I'm about to say here isn't enough enough for like one whole podcast. But given because I don't really think John Boyega would want to do this, not because of Black Panther, but because of the whole Disney Star Wars fiasco and how that went. Um, 
because his character got kind of cut a bit short. With how dirty Ray Fisher got done by Warner Brothers, not only with the Justice League, but he got removed from the Flash film, and um, Cyborg was supposed to have his own film in the DCEU. That was, of course, before Joss Whedon took over, and the whole Justice League fiasco, and then the whole DCEU just went up in the air. Um, you know, all all the plans got scrapped, basically. So Ray Fisher was supposed to have a much, basically a much bigger role across the Flash film, which was going to be a different, a bit of a different thing. Uh, Justice League, he was supposed to have a bigger role in. We saw that in the in the Snyder Cut, uh, which was he was fantastic in that film. Uh, but he's not going to be in the Flash film, and doubtful that Ray Fisher will ever maybe return. I would like to see if you if you would hypothetically recast the Charla. I think Ray Fisher would have been a brilliant choice for that uh, i'm not saying i'm suggesting ray fisher to do the voice work here uh he could of course a, a bit, again you've got a different element you've got like a live action um black panther in the films and then you've got the t'challa situation there whereas to here you've got a video game adaption where okay you can do mocap stuff but who's going to do the voice um but anyway robert what do you think of this uh whole situation uh well the whole situation no matter what choice you make nobody's going to be happy with the choice. Mm. Mm. Uh, and part of it is the fact that Chadwick Boseman never disclosed his medical issues with anyone. I mean, they literally had to rewrite the entirety of the script for Black Panther 2 because um, at the time it was written, they had no idea that he was had cancer. Obviously, that took him way sooner than it, it should have. Um, so they literally had to completely, completely rewrite the entirety of that script. Um, and that's what I'm curious about as to where they're going to go with it now. Obviously, they came out and said that they were not recasting Chadwick Boseman uh, for that role, um, which I think ultimately is the right move. Because we talked about this briefly on the last podcast. You're never going to replace his quiet charisma that he brought to that role. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you look at his performance in Civil War and in the Black Panther movie, he just has this subtle, cool air about him that you cannot replicate. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So that 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 was just a non-starter. As for the video game, I mean, it already does not have the likeness of the MCU movie actors, which obviously they were not going to pay for, which does give it that bit of an off-kilter but, look to it. But that's see, more because we're just so used to the, the actors' appearances in the movies. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of the benchmark that we have for that. <clears throat> so whoever they get to do the voice acting with, I'm fine with because not the MCU, the people we haven't had to really have that issue in our heads, that debate in our brain space, ever. Because when you think about it, it's never really been a thing. I mean, they've done they did the Hulk TV show back in the '60s. They've done how many Fantastic Four movies that have all been crap? Um, we've never really had a competing format of any type. I mean, even within the comic book scene, where there's different versions of the characters, they all essentially kind of look the same. So we've never really had that stark visual difference with that. Mm. See, for me with the likeness stuff, I remember when the Avengers game got revealed, and it was like, oh, no, uh, Chris... Uh... Uh, Evans, no Chris Hemsworth, no Robert Downey Jr. I never expected that to happen anyway, because 
it has nothing to do with the MCU. But I, I, I think the issue there is we're so, we've been watching these MCU films for 10 years and we're so used to seeing these people that I suppose seeing other people doing those roles is, you know, throwing people off. The thing is, though, I mean, I don't know how much what, what Marvel's specific plans are, but we're going to get into, like, multiverse stuff eventually. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and here's the thing. You, you said 10 years? It's not 10 years. It's 14 years. Yeah, over 10 years, I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for for a long, long time. Um, if we start getting into multiverse things, um, and you have different variants of like Tony Stark or whatever, it probably won't be Robert. I mean, there was rumors of uh, what's his name, um, Tom, uh, not Hanks, Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Hanks would be a funny Iron Man. Uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, there was the the rumors of the variant and stuff like that. Um. Again, if that happened, it wouldn't be Robert Downey Jr.'s face. It would be Tom Cruise. So, I think, I think the only reason Tom Cruise came up is because of that third Austin Powers movie where he plays spoof character of Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. So people just kind of went to their went to that as a, like a goof. Right, right. Um, but would you like to play a black a Black Panther video game? Uh, I would like to play a video game that is a good video game, regardless of what character it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be pro or anti Black Panther game. I mean, if if you show me a video game and it has good controls and good enough graphics to where I would want to play it, and it just happened to be Black Panther, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but if like the gameplay is garbage, I'm not going to play it for the sake of playing it because mm-hmm. it's a Black Panther game. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, just a note to developers out there. Um, I, I would like to very politely request. Can you make an Iron Man VR 2, please? I, I'd, I'd like that. <laughs> if we're on the topic of superhero games, uh, which is the best one, um, and uh, one that is incredibly underrated. I, I, I'm going to... One of these days, I'm going to go online and like, look for... Because I, I just didn't see any conversation around that game at all. I need to like look at some... I don't know. There must be some discussion on Reddit or Facebook or something that I just haven't seen. Um... Or maybe look up some some reviews on YouTube and stuff because I played that game and loved it. And I looked around and I was like, no one else is talking about this game. So yeah. But I, I, what I, I really want to know is who did not who in Marvel did not do their due diligence when they created the character for Riri Williams and named her Ironheart and did not know that that was already a Japanese porno series. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a thing. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see her very soon as well. So, uh, that's Black Black Panther. Why am I struggling to say that name? Black Panther. Um, and we'll see what comes out of that. Um, big big topic for this week: Grand Theft Grand Theft Auto Six or GTA Six. Uh, we got some big news about that, and of course some controversy because people can't handle women being in games. Uh, apparently. Um. Right, so I'll just read what I've got here, and then we can go through what we've got. Uh, so this is from... i got two different things here. Well, they don't say different things, it's just two different bits of information from different places. GTA 6, uh, so this is from VGC, Video Games Chronicle, which have been very reliable in the past, uh, will take place in Miami and uh, feature a female protagonist, it's claimed. Uh, and then a snippet from Bloomberg's article. Apparently Jason Schreier broke this story, which isn't really a surprise. Um, Grand Theft Auto 6 will be set in a fictional version of Miami with uh, more 
uh, interior locations in previous GTA games, Rockstar plans to continually update the game over time, adding new missions and cities on a regular basis. I have my own theory as to how that can work and sort of not be uh, a live service thing. Um, I'm not going to read every single thing in the Bloomberg article, plus I didn't read the entire thing because it's really, really, really long. Um, there's been some, uh, there was some discussion in the Bloomberg article from Jason Schreier that said that, um, Rockstar's gone through a couple of changes in the last couple of years and has tried to get rid of their kind of, um, frat boy type work environment, which was kind of the same thing that was reported for Activision. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was more of an issue in more than just Activision. It's probably an issue in, you know, across our industry. Uh, that that type of attitude, because uh, there's some there's some nasty things that go on, unfortunately, behind the scenes. Certain times, um, yeah, and they've tried to uh, make make the working environment better, and you know, just you know, make it more equal and more sort of diverse and things like that. Um, which is good. It's it's good in terms of you want your employees to work in a great environment. There's there's no sort of shocker there really. I think so. Uh, if they, if there were some issues there before and they moved some people in, moved some people out, moved some people in different places and sorted things out, then hey, maybe it was time for time for a bit of a refresh. Who knows? We'll we'll, we'll see how that works out in the coming years or, or whatever. Um, so one of the reports, uh, parts of this report was that you'll be playing as a Latina, um female in this game and there were conflicting reports as to um that there will be two protagonists i didn't see anything confirmed but one of the things that was sort of written in multiple places is that you'll play as a latina uh female lead protagonist and then there was some other stuff about like they'll have a friend that you switch between a bit like because in in gta 5 they introduced a mechanic where you switch between the three uh franklin trevor and uh, michael and you switch between them for like different story parts or, or whatever. Although, although if you were in the open world environment, you could switch between them and have like, you know, different stuff. So, um, if they're gonna do that, but potentially with two characters, or maybe the other one isn't playable, we don't like. I, I didn't find like confirmed sort of details on on that type of stuff, and that might even change over time. Who knows? Things can change in games. Um, of course, the uh, the uh, crowd, particular crowd, came out. Rockstar's Gone Woke was uh, written all over the place, and uh, I, I'm not gonna like sit here for ten minutes and like mo- moan about that because of of course you know if it's reported that oh GTA is gonna change a little bit and have its first like female protagonist, of course people are gonna, you know the the usual kind of crowds are gonna kind of moan about that. But um, somebody had pointed out in a comment section that I read, and I didn't know this because I'm not a Saints Row player. Um, Apparently Saints Row had a female because Saints Row is a like similar type genre stuff to to GTA, you know, open world, crime city sort of game. So that, uh, Saints Row is a bit more slapstick or a lot more slapstick and kind of wild than what GTA is. It sort of like goes into more fantasy stuff and whatever. It's not really grounded, but similar type concept. You get you have cars, vehicles, houses, and things like that, and you do crime related missions. It's the same kind of genre. Um, apparently Saints Row had a female protagonist like a long, long time ago. Now, if you were to give me a quiz on Saints Row, I probably wouldn't be able to answer any of the questions. I don't really know anything about Saints Row. I think somebody asked us a few weeks ago, like, have you played any Saints Row games? And my knowledge is like nothing on on Saints Row. I don't even know how many games there are. I don't know when the first one came out. 
I don't know anything about that franchise. I, I dipped into playing one of the games a long, long time ago on the Xbox 360, and that was pretty much that. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't really like it, so I just kind of moved on. Um, but there's no reason GTA 6 can't have a female protagonist. Um, I think it will be very interesting from a storytelling perspective, given even in just the last couple of years, because obviously. Of course, GTA 6 is going to breach into not just politics, but the state of the world, right? And the world in 2013 when GTA 5 5 came out was a bit different. Um, We've had different presidents since then. We've had different things going on in the world. uh, Different protests for different things. You know, lots and lots of things have happened. COVID wasn't a thing back in 2013. Um, You know, 2013 was, was 10 years ago. Things were... A bit different back then so given that you're able to now reference some of those things which of course you're going to you're going to reference things like covid and trump and black lives matter and biden and you know whatever else all the things that have been going on in the world probably some lgbtq stuff and all that type of thing um i saw i i, I want to point out like one general complaint that i kind of saw that was tied into something in kind of the wrong interpretation so there was these reports like I read about like okay they've had a bit more like diversity in the workplace and they've cleaned things up and they've gotten rid of tried to get rid of the sort of frat boy attitude and there were some comments about like oh this means GTA 6 is going to go woke and it's going to be all like politically correct and stuff like that you're trying to put those two things together in the wrong way just because the real people at the actual real studio have tried to clean that stuff up like the the work environment that doesn't mean that the story and the characters and the dialogue and what's going on in the in the fictional world of GTA that doesn't mean that that's going to affect that um i would still very much expect um it it is still kind of, i mean i know the teams probably changed a bit so there might be some differences but um i don't think kind of the core of what GTA is is going to change in that way just because you clean up a work environment situation it doesn't mean that like the way that you write a game is going to be different like it this is grand theft auto like it's going to be it's normal kind of grand theft auto thing but um we have a question here actually from uh our audience i'll I'll go to this next um harrison writes in and says uh what do you think of the gta 6 slow reveal it's been kind of yeah slow bleed of information over a period of time would you have done it differently See, the, the thing is with the way that this information's been revealed, because we've had bits and pieces before that we've talked about, right? And this is a bit more of like, hey, bigger reveal, female protagonist, right? That's like a big, you know, uh, piece of information about the game. And now we're finding out a bit more about, like, Rockstar's uh, work situation and all that sort of thing. Um, I mean, ultimately, as long as the game is good, then that's what matters. But I would have done this in a different way. Um, because I think, you know, when we had the, uh, PlayStation 5 reveal, and for some reason, well, probably because of marketing and contracts and whatever, the first thing that was shown was a Rockstar logo, and it was for the definitive quote-unquote edition of GTA 5, but people saw, oh, this is PS5, next-gen reveal, what games are we going to see, Rockstar logo pops up, and you think, oh, is it, you know, GTA 6, next-gen reveal, PS5. And it was for a definitive edition of a game that was 10 years old. 
I just think the way to really... I mean, it's it's GT, It's going to sell like 100 million copies, probably, whatever. It's, it's Grand Theft Auto. It doesn't need to market, market itself in a particular way, right? It doesn't need to show itself off. It's, it's Grand Theft Auto. It's one of the biggest gaming franchises in the world, alongside, you know, your Call of Duties and your Fifas and all those sorts of things. I just think... Let, let's say Rockstar had said nothing so far, right? And then you get to, whether it's an Xbox showcase or probably not a Direct, Nintendo Direct, but some sort of like PlayStation showcase or State of Play or Xbox showcase or some sort of E3 showing. And you go, bam, Rockstar logo. Oh, new characters. Like these aren't Trevor, Michael and, you know, Franklin. New characters. Okay, you then reveal a woman. You then reveal a little bit of a gameplay shot as to where you were playing as her. And then, oh no, slow realisation. Like this is, this isn't GTA 5, this is GTA 6. And then, bam, you hit us with the GTA 6 logo at the end. Not necessarily with a date, but, like, coming soon. I just think that that hits a bit more. Um, which is what they could have done with the PS5 reveal, but it was a the same, a new version of GTA 5, which I don't know as much, if it's much different. Anyway, Robert, GTA 6, uh, what do you think of uh, what's going on here? Uh, it's really a non-issue for me. I mean, I barely played the story... In GTA 5, I didn't play the story in 4, uh, didn't play 3, didn't play 2, didn't play 1, um, because the story has never made me care about the game. Mm-hmm. With games like that, I say what I always say, make me care about the story. Um, I don't care about the characters in the sense that them being a certain race or gender is going to make me play it more or less. Mm-hmm. If you give me a compelling story, I will play it. If you don't, I probably won't. Um, is it cool that they're going in that direction? I guess, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really affect my life in any way, but I don't care enough to really get animated about it one way or another. Um, again, mm-hmm. is the story going to matter? Is it going to matter to the story? And is the story going to be interesting enough to play? Those are the questions that I have. Anything past that? Just noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just think with changing to like a Latina woman, um, I mean, we've played as like black people before we've had CJ, um, in, in GTA the, and Franklin was a black playable protagonist. He was one of three, but he was still a playable protagonist in, uh, in GTA five. Um, I still, by the way, even through like gameplay and not necessarily through, through features, obviously GTA five, GTA five had better features and things to do than gta 4 but gta 4 out of all the ones that i've played still got the best story and characters i really really like the story of nico and everything um but uh yeah it's just it's just interesting that like we've had two at least two um black play black playable male protagonists in franklin and cj and people love cj cj is one of the most like recognizable gta characters um, and obviously you've got Grove Street and that's all iconic and everything. Um, but uh, I, I, the way I kind of look at it, and and again, you, you're right, it doesn't, like, playing as a woman doesn't necessarily guarantee the game's going to be better or worse. You know, it could, you could play as a female protagonist, the game could be buggy as hell. Or it could be the best technically sound game you've ever played. Um, but it's just, like, GTA is something that's been going on for so long. Um, you're talking back in the 90s era of PlayStation. And I think just the way I look at the whole Latina female 
thing is it's to me it's a refreshing change because it's okay you've been making these games for like two decades do something a little different you know i mean we've had like main female characters in these games uh not that many of them but there, there has been some so i i just look at it as a refreshing kind of difference um but then the thing you also need to do uh regardless of the character's gender sexuality or or whatever if because whether you've got a white man uh who's whatever age or a black woman or a black man you've got to make sure you write for that character properly because even if you do include and i've said this on a diversity podcast before and this matters in terms of like okay what sort of writer's room do you actually have like what's the diversity in there because it's about like okay if you're gonna write the game a bit more for a latina female who you got in your writer's room that's doing that you know because if you do have people that are not from that kind of background like if you've got people like me that are white men or something um then they're gonna have a different perspective on that um so yeah it's it's great that you've gone for that but you still need to make sure like is her story good is she a compelling character um so you got to make sure you do good good do a good job of that as well and even with white male characters that you've got like with trevor trevor and uh michael and all the others regardless of who the character is you've got to make sure you write for them properly so that you make them interesting um that's kind of a a baseline for for things um so yeah uh anyway that's gta 6 um few people kind of trying to guess of course like okay when's this game gonna come out because that's the exciting thing right like oh gta 6 gta 6 is a big big deal um it's grand theft auto some people were guessing late 2023 to early 2024 uh so about 18 months roughly from now give or take i think that's a bit early um it's interesting given that, okay, so the furthest, not that this is specifically related, but the furthest out MCU film that we've got is 2025, right? The Avengers films that were announced. That period, possibly? 2025? Um, see, the thing is we're trying to get, get any, like, random person to guess that is we don't know what stage this game is at. Because Grand Theft Auto V did come out, let's say, just to say 10 years ago. But did they start, they probably didn't start working on GTA 6 in 2013. Because you also had Red Dead Redemption 2 that was coming out. Uh, which obviously is a massive, massive, massive undertaking. That was 2018. So, yeah, it depends. Like, okay, when did production fully start on, on this thing? And I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about, like, script and things. I'm talking about, okay, when did you start making assets and designing things. And, you know, doing the computer stuff for this game. Um... What do you what what do you reckon? For that. Well, I guarantee that it started way sooner than we think because the game came out in uh, 2013. GTA 5 did. Now, granted, a lot of their assets have been focused on GTA Online because mm-hmm. that's making them making them a crap ton of money. Um, so I have no problem with that. So yeah. it, it's probably been in pre-production as a theory, as like a working concept, probably since like. 2015 maybe 2016 at the latest but like we've said before on previous pot on previous podcasts they are not in any rush to get it out the door because they don't have to no yeah they have all the time in the world um because they have all the money in the world um to 
develop this how they want. Now, does that guarantee the game is going to be good? No, absolutely not. It only guarantees that the game is not going to be rushed. Yes, yeah. So, we shall see. Um, let's move on to uh, probably a quick bit of news that we got here. Games with gold. It's always good fun. August 2022, of course, we are on the 30th of July today. Um, new Games with Gold, August 2022. Um, Calico, Scourge Bringer, Saints Row 2, and Monaco, What's Yours Is Mine. Uh, so, like I said, I don't have any specific knowledge of Saints Row, but I do know that obviously Saints Row is a video game. Um, so that's the only one of these that I actually recognise. Uh, do you recognise any... Because obviously you probably recognise Saints Row. Um, do you recognise any of these other games here? No, never never seen them, never heard of them. Honestly, I kind of checked out of Games with Gold quite uh-huh. a while ago because... And we've talked about this before. This has never really been a thing. Um, they're putting all their efforts into um, Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. Now, I'm fine with that. That's the service that they are promoting that's the service they care about the most um so it's just a thing mm-hmm. um are, is it cool that they're still doing it yeah but let's be honest we're not really focusing on that yeah yeah so i i wonder do you think microsoft is trying to do like a hidden gem thing here like you, like you know how i you know how i how i found like valiant hearts and I was like, oh, I'd never heard of this game before, and I played it, and I really liked it. And then you found, like, Graveyard Keeper. No, nobody had really heard of it before, and you, you you played it, and you liked it. Do you think there's a possibility that these games are a bit like that? I mean, it's always possible, but are they promoting it? Are they advertising it? Are they uh-huh. doing anything outside of making it with the games with gold? Hmm. Yeah. So, I just wonder if they're trying to do, like, a... I don't know. I'm trying to find some positive <laughs> angle here. Are they trying to do like a hidden gem type thing? So, anyway, my last piece to talk about um, is PlayStation Backbone, um, which isn't a body part. It is a. Let me just bring up my images that I've got. Um, so this was revealed midweek. The week just gone, or the week that's technically still going on, depending on how you look at things. This is a controller that can hold your phone um no word on sort of android yet it's only been advertised kind of for ios um obviously for apple devices that you essentially what essentially the idea here is that you open remote play on your iphone you connect it to your playstation and you play games over internet connection but the whole purpose of this controller is that it's... Because this is like licensed. This isn't some third-party like Mad Cat's controller thing. Uh, this is one that's been advertised by PlayStation, licensed by PlayStation, and had the backing of, of PlayStation. It is designed to hold your phone in place. Obviously, that's very important so that you don't drop the thing as you're playing your games. And so that it's got more of a DualSense-type design. This is a great idea... But as soon as I saw this thing, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I, I was watching a bit of the reveal trailer. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then they went remote play. I was like, oh, okay. 
this my my problem with portable gaming, and this is where Switch and things like Steam Deck have no issues because you can play those. As far as I know, you can play those games. Um, well, I know that obviously with Switch, you put your cartridge in, you download the game over Wi-Fi, and then you can take it anywhere you want to, like literally anybody anywhere that you want to, unless it's an online game. Of course, you need Wi-Fi for that. As far as I know, Steam Deck works the same way as Switch and like Vita that you download the games on the device and then you play them offline on the go. It's just the the, the issue the barrier again here the issue again here is this this is a great i this is a great idea for like okay we designed a better controller for you to play remote play. The issue with this is is if I'm playing on this and I go oh this is a cool controller it fits my phone really nicely oh the internet cut out or it you know I, I'm in an area where like it switched to three G or some nonsense and the game started staggering and. Because this kind of not from not from a content place. Obviously, PlayStation's got great games, and Stadia doesn't. Um, but it's kind of got the same issue as that. As like, okay, the idea of Stadia was like you you boot it up from anywhere, you boot up the app, and you play it on the go. But again, that relies on like internet connection, whether it's Wi-Fi or your mobile data. So that's where this just knocks all the steam out of this. Because this controller looks great, like it's licensed, you know, DualSense looking type controller. Uh, it's got some it, the layout of it is pretty good um i think the layout of where the buttons are is much better than the steam deck thing because the steam deck looks a bit sort of cramped to me but again the, the it's just if you haven't got your wi-fi connection or your you know internet connection it kind of renders the whole thing useless because then you're just sitting there with no wi-fi connection with your phone and a great controller and you're not able to play anything so uh, I did. I, I think I heard that this also kind of works with like mobile games. Which, if you're into mobile gaming and you want a controller for that, for whatever reason, um, then this is for that. But to me, the main draw, the main advertisement here is supposed to be, hey, buy this nice controller that we license and you know, a bit more dual sense sort of you know PlayStation focused. Put your remote play on. Put your your phone fits better into this, and you can take it on the go. But, um. Unless your unless PlayStation comes up with a either another Vita type thing, or a Switch slash Steam Deck type solution, but I don't know how you do that because, for example, right, let's say God of War Ragnarok is going to be a very demanding video game, or even something like um, let's say Returnal or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart games that are like made for PS Five, made for that like current gen beefy hardware. I mean, you've got some you know portal type stuff going on in Ratchet and Clank it's a very like you know demanding game the the answer that Sony's got to kind of come up with is okay if you are going to try this whole on the go portable gaming how do you come up with a device that can handle the likes of like Horizon and Returnal and Ratchet and Clank and God of War Ragnarok and all, all, all these like you know beefy type of games um I guess the answer that you could come up with is you do what um, Nintendo did, which is say like, hey, this thing will look and perform better in the dock, but then once you take the Switch out of the dock, you're going to sacrifice a bit of like frame rate and a bit of like graphics and stuff because you're not like, you know, plugged in if you want to put it that way. Uh, the Switch is still a great system. I mean, Breath, Breath of the Wild's a relatively demanding game and that's still pretty great. Um, the game's about five years old now, but it's still like a very good example um so until you can come up with that i uh 
I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what they can do. Because um, Microsoft's answer is cloud gaming, isn't it? Like you, you boot up your Xbox app on your on your phone, which again is still the same thing, which is over over an internet connection. Um, I don't know. Anyway, Robert, what do you think of? Uh, have you seen the images of this? What do you think? And uh, do you agree with kind of what I'm saying here? Uh, I haven't seen the images, so I don't really have an opinion on that. Um, really, it's just kind of a non-starter for me, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do a lot of, like, any portable gaming and things like that? I mean, I have a Switch. I used it a little bit um, on my previous job where I did some travel, but it was never really... I never really traveled to a place where I felt safe enough to bring expensive equipment. Because mm-hmm. where I got sent travel to wasn't the nicest area. Right. Um, and when I say not the nicest area, when you have four different people tell you, don't go outside or you'll get shot and killed, um, I mean that kind of not a nice area. So you you tend right. not to bring expensive things with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. So, um, But again, the, the design of this thing is really cool. The idea of this thing is really cool. It's just that, it's just that internet barrier. Do you know what I mean? Because... And this might sound dramatic, but honestly, if you're playing something like this, like you're doing a remote play or an xCloud thing or Stadia, if your internet cuts out, you can't use it. I mean, you can turn the controller on and you can hook your phone in that, but you wouldn't be able to play remote play on it. So, uh, yeah, uh, which is interesting, right? I'll give a I'll give a real example, right? So, um. Where I go to work for my cleaning job, which I'm on a break from at the moment because it's a school. I'm not going to say what the school is called, but um, we're on a summer break at the moment. The signal at the school is terrible. Uh, oftentimes, I'll either have like one bar on 4G or it will click down to 3G, right? And everyone sort of moans about it at the school and all that sort of stuff. Um, I couldn't use this there. Like, let let's say I had... I don't know, let's say I finished 15 minutes early or something, and I thought, like, hey, I can get in, I don't know, a game of FIFA or a half of FIFA or something like that, or I can play a couple of bits of the quarry or something, you know, some, some something kind of quick. There's no way this is working if if I'm if I'm taking it. And the same thing with X, xCloud and all that. If I'm trying to boot up, like, an app for my phone, I mean, I could barely load, like, YouTube and Facebook and things like that at the school. Uh, people can't even sometimes make phone calls. Yeah, they're like you know when people are like holding their phone up and looking around for a signal, it's it's that type of thing. Um, and the same thing with like uh, sometimes on buses here in the UK, like you'll be you'll be on the on the bus and you'll have like full four G and then like it will just cut down to to whatever. Um, annoyingly as well, not that I've been to the hospital that much recently. Luckily, I I haven't. But the times I've been at a hospital. Which is a legit like forget being on a bus or being at a school. If you're at a hospital, that is the number one place where you'd want to say you'd want to like okay, so you, you've took someone into a hospital and you've got to call someone, right? That's like you know life or death potential situations or emergency situations. Not being able to make phone calls at like um, the hospital is uh, is pretty bad. So again, if you're and hospital is a place where you're potentially going to be waiting a long time, you might want to play some games in that time that you're waiting. Uh, this ain't working there either. It ain't working there. Um, I mean, I think a couple of years ago I was at hospital for something and I did take my Switch with me. And I think I had Breath of the Wild or something like that. And because it was downloaded and it was offline and I had a full charge, I was able to play it. 
So those those are just some like examples that I can kind of relate to. So um, anyway, that's it from me this week, Robert. What have you got to talk about? I got a couple things. Uh, first off, uh, Google denies any rumors that Stadia is shutting down. Um, if you've forgotten about Stadia, that's understanding. Pretty much everybody else has. It's kind of a dead platform at this point. Uh, but Google formally denied a rumor that Stadia gaming services will soon be closing down, saying that it is, quote, working on bringing more great games to the platform, end quote, which to, I ask, uh, what game, great games have you brought so far? Uh, none. What, what IP do you have? Yeah, well, anything. Uh, uh, Stadia, for those people that don't know, is a cloud-based gaming service that has been under one form of Death Watch or another from pretty much the start, thanks to terrible marketing, technical flaws at launch, and the absence of absolutely any kind of functionality. Uh, the situation grew more overtly dire in 2021 uh, when Stadia's uh, Jade Raymond-led internal development studio was killed. Um, this was uh, partially explains why a rumor uh, on yesterday's uh, killed by Google Twitter feed, which attributed an anonymous friend at a region of Google manager, uh, claiming that, quote, long story short, Google is beginning their exit plan. They did not have an exact date. The end of service will happen, but they did say by the end of the summer. Uh, the quote also mentions that they will not be transferring their services or servers to any other competition per se. It'll be much like they did with Google Play Music. Just, it's gone. I honestly forgot Google Play Music was a thing. Kind of like Google so Hangout. Yeah. Um, who remembers Google Hangout? I remember it being a thing, and I honestly can't tell you the last time I heard Google Hangout. Mm. Yeah, it's all about uh, Zoom these days. Um, yep. they, have Zoom, they have Zoom meetings sometimes at the school. Um, between the teachers and I have to try to clean around them but all good uh, it's just a I don't know I thought I'd say that example um, mm-hmm. although we are currently using uh, Skype I've got no issues with Skype um, um, I work for this I work for the state government um, yeah go on. yeah weirdly enough I work for the state government and we're not allowed to use Zoom because it has not passed uh, security yet oh okay um, but yeah, there's like yeah, the, the state that I work for takes security and internet security specifically very seriously. Like yeah. they take it very, very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now there's like you can use Facebook Messenger. Um, what's it called? Video calls. You can use WhatsApp video calls. Uh, mm-hmm. You can use Skype video calls. Um, that's why I was re- sorry. Teams, Microsoft Teams, you can use that. Yeah, that's why I was so confused when, like, the pandemic hit, and it was like, oh, we must all get Zoom, and I was like, this isn't the only app that's, like, done that, that does this. It's the same thing with TikTok. I remember when, like, lockdowns started happening, as people making, like, short videos on TikTok, and it's like, you can do this on everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand. It, I think it's just a new toy kind of thing. Like, oh, this new TikTok platform, and oh, you can make short videos on it, and it's like, yeah, you can do that on other stuff as well. So... There you go. Yeah, I, I don't use TikTok. I actually recommend people not use TikTok at all. Mm. Um, just know. because there was a an update in their end-user license agreement to where by accepting the end-user license agreement, you give TikTok the right to activate your front-facing camera on your phone when you're watching videos. Not when you're recording videos, 
when you're watching videos, they can record your biometrics, hmm. and they don't say what they're going to do with it. Yeah, yeah. So that that alone is why I tell people not to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's tons of other stuff that you can use as well. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's 2022. We have tons of technology. So um, do you remember when you could make uh, Skype calls on your Xbox? Mm-hmm. That's actually quite the the actual mechanic of that was really good because it did like you didn't have to be like oh sorry I'm too much to the left I have to move my whole camera like Connect followed you around the room like mm-hmm. if you were showing stuff off around the room and it did like auto zoom and stuff like that was severely underused. Um, well, if you remember when the original Xbox One launched, that was a feature they touted because at the time, yeah, yeah. and I think still Microsoft owns Skype. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like the fundamental idea of being able to sit on your sofa or couch, whatever you want to call it, and it's like, hey, Xbox call so Skype call so and so, and it does it, and then it just like it, you don't have to refocus the camera or anything, and the camera was very good quality as well. So, um, yeah, my parents yeah. Uh, spend the winter in a different part of the country because they're retired and they don't have they don't want to freeze in the winter, so they have a, a winter home in a warmer climate. And I used to video call them on my Skype. Uh, now we just FaceTime because I don't use the camera on my Skype anymore, on my Xbox anymore. And they have uh, smartphones, so it's just easier to FaceTime them. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, speaking of software that's not going anywhere, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic Remake, which was announced in September of last year, has been put on hold indefinitely. According to Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, Asper completely completed a vertical slice demo of the remake at the end of June to show its executives at Lucasfilm and Sony. The following week, art director Jason Miner and design director Brad Prince were both fired from the studio. Prince indicated on his LinkedIn page that the termination was not expected, writing, quote, things can change very fast in a day, I am no longer working at Asper and looking for work. Uh, the Vertical Slice, which is a demo intended to showcase all the game's intended features and assets, that Monkey Island creator Ron Gilbert once called, quote, one of the dumbest things in game history that has ever come up, is apparently the cause of the uproar. Miner not have, not have had seen trouble coming, but sources told Bloomberg that Asper Studio bosses weren't pleased with the state of it or the amount of time and money that has been put into creating it. And this is always the trouble with a full-blown remake is sometimes uh, it doesn't happen. So we don't know what's going on with the IP. We don't know what's going on with the product. Um, There's already controversy with the remake because of theories that some of the story was going to get rewritten because they did hire someone as a story director for a game that had already been finished, and the person that they hired is openly hot itself. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I, I suppose like when you're calling things remake, so like with the Last of Us Part One remake, um, that is when you don't need to go in and unless there's like fundamental problems with the story and people agree that like parts of it are bad and you need to rework it or whatever um obviously that's one of the things that last of us gets praised for most at least with the first game um i still think both games are phenomenal but um that you don't need to like 
you know, rewrite scripts or you don't need to re-record lines. Um, but if the story's got like major flaws or whatever, and I don't really know the story of this game, so I, I couldn't tell you, but, uh, which is why if, if this game did come out, uh, it would have been an opportunity for me to, to experience it. Um, yeah, it's disappointing to hear this. Um, it's interesting with the wording of indefinitely delayed, because I remember when the Hawkeye show, and again, you know, completely different studios different thing entirely um there was a lot of reports that that was indefinitely delayed at one point obviously that came out the episodes all aired and it was great um so it's not cancelled but indefinitely delayed um if you need to go away for a couple of years and rework things or do do whatever you need to do um that's fine um i mean next year and the end of this year we have plenty of games coming out so um it's something I'm very, very... Because I still think Star Wars is great. Star Wars is very cool. And this would be, hopefully, a very great video game. People seem to really love this game. So I'm looking forward to experiencing it. But it's not one that I'm looking at and thinking, like, okay, I need to play it today. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens with this. Um, what Which studio... I've completely forgotten. Which studio is making this? Uh, the studio's EA? name is Asper. Is it A-Y-S-P-R. This is from, this is from EA, isn't it? I don't know who holds the IP anymore, because originally it was a Bioware game. Um, huh. It's one of the early Bioware RPGs. Um, the only one that really predates it that has the same kind of DNA would be uh, Jade Empire, which if you're looking for a retro game, I highly recommend mm. playing Jade Empire. It's a very good game. Yeah, but um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to just see how this goes. Um, but. Hey, like you said, like you've kind of said before, you know, if you delay this game for five years and it comes out and it's brilliant, as opposed to if you release this, I don't know, next year and it's not good, then it's better to wait. So we shall see. Um, how, how are you feeling about this being delayed? Uh, honestly, I'm not overly upset just because I played the game when it originally came out. Loved it. It's a great game. I would love for, you know, a modern gen HD remake of it. But I don't need it. It's not something that I absolutely have to have. It's more of a bonus. It's like um, it's like when you hit the drive-through and get fries, and then there's that that one onion ring in your fry. Oh. Uh, it's just it's that's cool. You know, you didn't order rings, but you got the one. It's kind of, so it's kind of like that. I know that's a weird analogy, but it's the best I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yep. We'll see when we see this again. I mean, we'd only had like an announcement trailer, so we hadn't seen much of it anyway. So we'll see what happens. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I got is that we've got more leaked photos from the Amazon Fallout TV show. Uh, we've talked about this a couple times previously, the first being they uh, leaked the imagery from the, uh, the uh, facade they put on a building for the Super Duper Mart, which is a staple icon in Fallout 3. And then before that, we just got some basic set photos of a vault that we got earlier back in July. Um, the ones that got leaked recently are for the take on Power Armor, and they are huge. Like, these are not small props. The two legs are about four, maybe five feet tall. It's kind of hard to tell with the scaling of it because of how tight the shot is. You can tell this person was being very, very coy about taking the picture whoever took it. But yeah, we're talking like bigger than Master Chief Power Armor kind of a look to it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so point I really, really, really 
want to make with this and I've been watching the Halo TV show and it is not good uh, I'll have a review out on Wednesday when the uh, season finale comes out uh, so this is another one of our helmeted or masked however you want to look at it hero type characters we've got uh, Mandalorian we've got Boba Fett you've got obviously uh, Master Chief Halo uh, from the Halo TV show keep the helmet on please keep the helmet on i know that this is a bit of a more of a like in the game's more of a custom character there's not like a personality necessarily un underneath the underneath the mask here but from watching something like halo where he spends more time with the helmet off than on and when I'm watching something like The Mandalorian and there's a, a, a mystique and a mystery to the character and you're wondering like what he's thinking and feeling and like you know, you've got Baby Yoda and what does he think and feel about uh, that character and everything. Um, yeah, if you if you are aiming for a hey, let's do like this, you know, who is the who's the person under the hood, uh, under the under the helmet type of thing, right? Because presumably you're going to give this, you know. Uh, this role to a good actor and you know have a have a great character un under that helmet but if you're going to do a sort of mystique mystery type thing where it's like you're you're trying to figure out the character's emotions from body language from how you know that what the helmet's kind of looking at and those sorts of things because the mandalorian does that very very well very very successfully and the mandalorian very very rarely takes his uh helmet off and it is so much better because there's reasons of why they're doing it in the Halo TV show, but you do not need to do that, and the reasons they're doing it doesn't work, um, which I'll get into on uh, more sort of deeply on Wednesday. But please keep the helmet on. There we go. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it still. I think because uh, this is Lisa, is it Lisa Joy. Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are the same people behind um, Westworld. Westworld's a great show. Uh, it's currently airing its fourth season at the moment. We don't know if the whole season is going to be good or bad because we haven't seen all of it. But they've done a pretty great job so far considering how complicated Westworld can be at certain points. So switching things up a bit, um, going to more of this as opposed to the sci-fi stuff is interesting. Um, but I trust them. just depends on who else they cast. Obviously we know we've got Walton uh, Goggins as well. But we'll see. Uh, but what's your thoughts on... Uh, helmets on characters and you know for the fallout tv show uh well with fallout it's not an issue because the, i mean obviously the power armor is a power armor and it does have the helmet but mm. that's not the defining characteristic of the character that's just the defining characteristic of the armor uh, there's tons of armor that don't have helmets um and that's mm. kind of the the reason why i don't think um, the the Fallout TV show is going to be a bad thing because they don't have to focus on a specific individual character as written. Every Fallout game has had a different protagonist. Every Fallout game, you basically create your own character and go forward. It's not like Kratos or Master Chief or Ellie and Joel from The Last of Us or any of those iconic video games that are getting turned into shows. It is very much a define-your-own-character kind of a show uh, with uh, Fallout. So whatever they create is just going to be that character in that situation. It's not going to be, oh, they're not getting this right for this character, unless they go into named established characters that, by, def that by definition, 
were going to be NPCs. So it's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... But, again, it depends on what they're going for. Because, again, you've got, like, you know, with the Mandalorian, you've got uh, more of a character there. And you've got, obviously, Master Chief with Halo. And with here, you've got more of an unknown person. So it depends what they want to go for. But if you're trying to go for the, the kind of same things that Mandalorian and Halo have gone for, you've got to keep that helmet on. You've got to mm-hmm. do it. Because otherwise, cause otherwise you end up wanting to scream at your TV and telling Master Chief to put his helmet back on. Because it also kind of looks ridiculous as well <laughs> when that's happening. So... Uh, and it's funny, like as the show was airing, on, as Halo was airing on Paramount Plus, and we didn't have it yet, and I was hearing week after week after week, it's so annoying to, for his helmet to be off, and it's so annoying. And I was like, Nah, it can't be that bad. Like, it can't be that frustrating. And then I started watching the episodes. I was like, No, it's it's really frustrating. So, <laughs> yeah, um, please don't do that in season two. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, that you said that was the last thing that you've got. Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Uh, I've got one more question related to Microsoft. Beth writes in and says, I've been reading a lot about Microsoft's handling of their studios. What do you think? Um, So they've got 20... I always forget the number. It's gone up. Obviously, they brought uh, or buying Activision, which has got lots of different studios. They've got quite a few. They've uh, got almost as many studios as Marvel's got Marvel uh, MCU films, I think, because I think isn't it 28 or 29? I heard a number the other day. It's, I think like it's tw- close to 30. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Thor was number 28 or 29. So, because uh, Sp- Spider-Man, the second one, was number 21, I think. And we've had a few since then, of course. So, anyway. um, The main... See, now that I've got an Xbox Series X and I'm like, subscribe to Game Pass and I'm ready. Like, give give me the big games. Give me your big games. And I'm not finding a lot. I've still not quite jumped in, into Tunic yet, which I will do. I tried out Trek to Yomi. Uh, but I, I, I'm browsing that Game Pass and I'm browsing the, the store. And I'm like, aside from obviously the great third-party games that you've got, there's not a lot jumping out. I've played Halo. I've played Gears of War. I've played Ori. I've loved most of those. L- love the Ori games. Uh, Gears, <coughs> of War's, oh, Gears of War is probably my favorite Xbox franchise, I really, really enjoyed Gears of War. Well, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And Judgment was pretty good as well. Um, Judgment wasn't, wasn't as good as the other ones, but it, it was a good game. It, it served the purpose it needed to, which was the prequel story. But Gears 5, I think, was underrated. I think that was my game of the year for 20... Uh, 20? Something like that. Whatever, whatever year Gears of War came out, that was my uh, game of the year. It wouldn't have been... Actually, it wouldn't have been 2020, because that was Last of Us 2... Um, I think 2019 that came out, Gears of War, because Mod- Modern Warfare 2019 was my the second on my list. So I think Gears of War 5 was uh, from 2019. Uh, but I love Gears of War. Halo has fallen off. I don't really know what to do with Halo now, by the way, because like, I've fallen out with the games. 5 wasn't good. Infinite wasn't great. The TV show is quite bad. And it's really annoying because Halo's got so much potential to be so much greater than what it is. But anyway, um, Ori games are great. Um, I've played the old stuff like Sunset Overdrive and Rise Son of Rome. Uh, I'm not really quite a car person, so I don't know what to do with like Forza. There's things like Sea of Thieves, which I could get interested in. But I'm really waiting for like... I've got my concerns about Starfield, like the first person shooting. But I at least want to try it. And you've got things like um, Hellblade, the second one, which looks like it's going to be great. 
uh, State of Decay 3, which we're both looking forward to. I think you're a little bit more excited for that than I am, possibly, mm-hmm. but because uh, I, I have some concerns about that. But, hey, we haven't seen any of the third one yet, so looking forward to that. Um, but Something you might w- want to try and download if it's... Uh, it is on Game Pass, so I don't know if you have that, like, for the $1 for three months or whatever. Yeah, uh, Wasteland yeah. 3. It's some ex-Fallout uh, devs that created their own studio. Um, it's a good game. It's a isometric third-person tactical game, so it's along the lines of XCOM and uh, Mario plus Rabbids, that one game. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's very, very wacky. There's actually a, uh, a skill trait that you can level up to repair toasters, which actually has a, uh, a game function, and there's a skill trait to where you can have talking animal companions, so... Not exactly in the role of serious. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's, there's that possibly, but the the big thing for me is you didn't have any big games this year, and they were kind of relying on Starfield for like Halo's sort of just gone, Gears of War isn't quite ready yet, Hellblade's not ready yet, Starfield's not ready yet. Um, you kind of just got Bethesda over the line, but the last two Bethesda games that came out were PlayStation exclusives, which were which were forgotten about very quickly with um I must have Deathstroke um Death uh, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo uh they sort of came and went I wonder how I wonder how Sony feels about those two games by the way because they were sort of like these are probably the because the next Bethesda game is Starfield isn't it and the the previous one that we had was uh Ghostwire so I kind of wonder like how does Sony feel about okay these are our last two kind of Bethesda games and they both weren't great and people stopped talking about them after about two weeks. So, because I I've, um, I remember on Sacred Symbols, Colin mentioned a few times like both games going on quite a deep discount quite quickly, which is a which is not a good sign. Um, I'm just kind of I, I suppose I'm just waiting for that next like Hellblade, which wasn't shown off at their E3 ish thing. Um, Hellblade wasn't shown off. Waiting for Starfield, um, and that type of stuff. But um, the the thing I want. Microsoft to kind of do now is once they've taken over the Activision stuff, sort Spyro out, sort out this studio mismanagement, sort COD out, sort like Spyro and Crash out, like get that, like sort sort Tony Hawk out as well. Like if you can revive that cancelled uh, remaster for three and four, which the fans seem to really want to to get, go and like do some of that stuff. Um, bit of like not quite damage control, but like you know sort that stuff out. Because uh, that would be good as well. Um, and sort out, like, where is this Wampa League game? Like, no, it's, it seems to have disappeared. But um, it's quite surprising, like, in a year where Sony's got God of War, highly anticipated game, and Horizon, which did, which I didn't really like, but um, a lot of people seem to. Um, Xbox didn't really have anything this year. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. what do you think of uh, Xbox and Microsoft and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's they did buy a lot of studios, but mm-hmm. they also bought a lot of studios that didn't have any games coming out in the immediate. Uh, the only exception to that was uh, uh, Deathloop, which is a Bethesda game, but obviously that came out on PlayStation and PC. Um, and then there was that other Bethesda game that I'm blanking on right now. Oh, um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Again, yeah. PlayStation console exclusive and then PC. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they've got a ton of studios which they don't have anything coming out. And frankly, that's not a bad thing when you think about it because it means they're letting the studios develop the games and not shove them out before we're ready. Because we talked about that 
ad nauseum about Starfield in that after the Fallout 76 fiasco, they cannot launch that game broken. That game has to come out just absolute banging. Mm. Um, And I'm fine. Like, and I said this before, like I was excited that it was supposed to come out in a couple months. I'm not upset that it's getting delayed. Uh, Cyberpunk left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, So if it comes out, hell, if it comes out next May, but it's a great game that's completely locked down, that has no glitches that aren't like minor annoyances, because there's always going to be glitches in games. Um, That's just, it's impossible to release a perfect game. I mean, hell, they're still patching um, 10-year-old games uh, because they just randomly found a bug that nobody noticed before. So it's not Mm -hmm. like the game has to be perfect in its execution. But if it doesn't come out till May, but it's still a great experience, I'm perfectly fine with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I meant to mention this. The reason I probably didn't was because it like left my brain and I never forgot about it. A few weeks to a few months ago, maybe I um, this was when like not much was kind of coming out. I did give Skyrim another chance, like a proper chance. Um, And this was the I know there's like a million different versions of that game, but this is the PS5 version of the game. That game's terrible. That like, and I and I'm not a visuals or graphics person, but I was surprised at what the game looked like. Um, It's and considering like. How many times you've re-released that game? You should probably work on making. If you're gonna keep re-releasing it on everything, can you at least make it better? Cause that that that's a, that's a bad game. Um, at at the time when it came out in what was it 2011? Cause it's the whole 11, 11, 11 thing. Um, it was probably looked at as better back then, but that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And I I thought like okay, I'm gonna try and give us like a proper try. This isn't the sort of like disorienting VR version that looked really ugly to the point where I couldn't focus on it. Um, like the mechanics of the VR game were pretty good, but I couldn't see it properly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. When was the last time you played Skyrim? I when I got my Series X and I didn't uh, enjoy my experience with uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which is still sh- sitting on the shelf collecting dust, by the way. Um, I did re-download Skyrim, and I tried it. Tried to stick to the the story again because that's the problem that I've always had with Skyrim, is that it's so open world that you get completely lost in the minutia and you forget about the story. But mm. I had I eventually did uninstall it because even though that game is eleven years old and has gone through how many updates and how many reworks and how many upgrades, they still haven't fixed the bug to where your companion randomly disappears. And never reappears. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's been eleven years. Yeah, pretty much. So. And it's not like a minor inconvenience, too. I mean, a lot of the fights you really can't survive without your companion. Plus, mm. they tend you tend to dump a lot of stuff on them to carry until you can get back to your house and put it in a storage chest. And so yeah. when they die, they lose a bunch of die. They don't die. They just literally blink out of existence. Um, because of a flat, fast travel glitch. Mm. so Maybe Thanos is around somewhere. <laughs> Possibly. He's, 
Yeah, he did the snap. Uh, anyway, uh, that's what we've got for you for this week's episode of Gaming Talk. I should have said how you can write in yourself if you want to. Uh, talk about what you're playing, our thoughts on what we're playing, uh, thoughts on the news, or anything else that we've mentioned. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. There's also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. So get involved. Feel free to get involved and uh, hopefully you will. So that's good as well. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for our TV, games, films, and May Night podcast. So take a look out for all of those podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk or entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, you can also support us by simply telling other people. Let people know about what we're doing and tell them where we that they can find it, either by just simply telling them or using social media. Uh, it's very simple and a good one to do. Patreon $5, $10 level tier for the ad-free podcast review options. There are two different tiers. Have a look at those if you'd like to as well. Uh, for your TV and your film news, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk for renewals, cancellations, pickups, uh, air dates, all that kind of stuff, casting news, trailers, you know, all that TV and film news. Uh, David's running that over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Go and have a look and uh, a look. Go and have a listen rather to this week's Geek Town Radio from Tuesday. Geek Town Radio is back this week. So there's that. Uh, Bex, if you want some fun Twitch content, she certainly does a lot of that uh, over on Twitch. You can find her by looking for Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. She's doing cla- uh, classic games, retro games, track streams. She does uh, streams with Jason Bradbury as well, which is cool, and uh, does Tomb Raider as well. Uh, so check out what she's doing. You can also find her posts on you know Instagram and Twitter and that type of stuff as well. You can also find me as well on Twitch if you look for eTalk UK for my different streams. Uh, and if you miss any of the streams, the career mode episodes, or the game clips, you can find those archived on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>